On this episode of the Let's Talk Business Mobile podcast, we talk to Josh Albert. The topics revolve around COVID-19 and how businesses can better prepare themselves to move forward in this new world. Hey guys, we're here with Josh Alpert from Los Angeles, California. Josh, you there? Yes, sir. How you doing, James? Pretty good, pretty good. How has this uh, trying time uh, affected you guys out there on the West Coast or on the East Coast? Well, um, as you know, um, I do business in both uh, New York City and California. So my California business is not really that big. So uh, New York is getting crushed right now, and that's not in a good way. Um, A lot of our uh, clients are shut down by law, whether they're offices or or restaurants or whatnot. Then we have um, some clients that were uh, strictly concerned about finances, and then we have others that are strictly concerned about um, accepting service during this, uh, you know, unclear time. Now, on in LA, we're not that big. Um, however, we've been starting to get refusals um, as of the past few days. People just canceling service until this uh, mandatory lockdown is over or stay at home order rather. And um, as far as me personally, uh, most of the time is spent in the house. I'm out for maybe a total of an hour a week, you know, whether it's that that includes standing in front of my house or uh, in uh, Porta Bayacchiarda, which is my vacation destination. Uh, for, the, for those who need a translation, Porta Bayacchiarda is my backyard. <laughs> so um otherwise uh you know just uh it, it's almost it's almost like being on house arrest except um no parole officer to check in with and uh a little frustrating but uh overall um my mental health is doing good i'm hanging in there um i have to be strong for everybody that relies upon me which is my family and my employees and their families and whatnot. So, uh, thank God, everything right now is as good as it could be for me. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, it seems to be the story with a lot of people. I know there's probably still some areas that haven't shut down yet, and I mean that's that's the big thing that I've encountered talking to anyone, um, either fielding questions or talking to people in other fields or any experts is is it's it's affecting everybody differently based on where they are you know if you're uh i'll talk to somebody in south florida if you're in south florida in an area where yelp does positively for you as a business it's hitting you harder than in a rural rural area of florida where yelp isn't so popular um and i don't know what the socioeconomic meaning of that is but you know with you being in new york city and la and you're saying new york city's taking a big hit that makes sense because yelp does play a bigger role in those um, you know, bigger cities. So I don't know if that, that ties into it. Cause I know some people are saying, well, I, I haven't backed off my marketing and I'm doing tons of work. And some people are like, we've cut everything out and everyone's canceling. So uh, there's, there's such a wide range of reaction that, um, you know, I guess we should preface that to anybody listening is, you know, this advice obviously is just like anything on let's talk business bubble. It's advice, but always, you know, consult with your local, authorities your local you know accountant lawyers all that but um 
but I think anything, any, any of these questions that we answer is just going to help people in a positive way. Uh, undoubtedly. And, and I could give you, um, a, a, for instance, specifically how it pertains to uh, me and my business um, and, and advertising. So our number one form of advertising is Google AdWords. We budget $2,000 a week uh, towards it. And um, it has always worked very well for us. The phones ring off the hook. You know, we have to we have to assume that's where it's coming from because that was the only you know place that we were paying, besides um, you know like the the local Google ads that you get for free. Um, so anyway, um, when the NBA shut down, it was the Wednesday of uh, it was on a Wednesday. <clears throat> Two days later, we wound up in Orlando for uh, PJB Business Development, and I was in touch with uh, my vice president and and I asked him if the phones were ringing, and he said no. So I said, you know what, um, go into the Google AdWords analytics and, um, you know, tell me how many clicks they say we're getting and whether or not the, the budget is still being eaten up. And <clears throat> he said the whole entire budget has gone for the day, which is $400 for the day. And there, I forget how many clicks there were, but there were a bunch of clicks and there were no phone calls. So that, that didn't make sense. But I was like, you know what? We never looked into it like this before. So what I want to do is I want to give it till next Wednesday because we don't, we don't advertise on the weekend. So we waited till Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. If the same exact thing is happening, no phone calls and our budget is, our budget is just dry. Um, as in like consumed by Google, they took all of our money and the phones didn't ring. Sure. That, um, that I, I want to revisit this conversation and potentially suspend or downgrade uh, everything. So anyway, that following week <clears throat> around Wednesday was when um, they started announcing uh, lockdowns. I think um, San Francisco, Sacramento, then came LA and then came the whole entire state of California. So at that point I was like, all right, if the calls weren't coming in uh, between the NBA and today, that was one thing, but now there's a lockdown. So the calls, the calls are just not going to be coming in. So that's when I started to really pay attention. And um, I'll, I'll use the word worry, but I'll use it very loosely because I don't really worry, but I, I make calculated decisions when I start noticing things are unusual like this. So I said, all right, if things are about to get really bad now that there's a lockdown, there's probably going to be a lockdown in New York because New York is even worse. So let me take my $2,000 a week and leave it in my pocket for now. If the phones are not ringing. There's no point in paying for it. And uh, so that's how we came to the decision to temporarily suspend all paid advertising. Um, so we're still getting phone calls here and there. I assume some of it comes from our, um, um, our organic SEO presence. Some of it comes from our um, – our uh, local ads like Google places um, and of course referrals, but we're not getting too much. So it's, it's been incredibly slow and I'm glad I, that I personally made that decision because I mean, what was this about three weeks ago? So I have an extra $6,000 in my pocket right now that probably would have just been down the drain, you know, and it's not like stock. You don't hold on to it and appreciate you spend it. It's gone. It's done. You know, it's like, all right, give me more money. Give me more money. So yeah, I mean, there we are with that. And that's what we're noticing too is users are still using Google. In fact, they're using it more than they ever have. Um, the problem is conversion rates is people right. are going on there and looking up information 
Um, maybe they see a particular pest and, and say, you know, can this pest transmit COVID-19? Well, not a lot of websites have pivoted to put that information on their site to get that traffic. But if you're paying for traffic, Google's going to find the click somewhere. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, right. so your budget's always going to get consumed, but I think you did the right thing in, in giving it a couple days. So you lost a little bit to save a lot. And right. I, don't, I don't know how you plan on easing your toes back into the water now that the, the lockdown is kind of settled and people are at home. Obviously, they need service. But at what point and at what cost do you make that sacrifice? That, that's a very difficult decision to make. Well, right now is day by day. But if you if if I needed to give you an answer right now, I said I'm probably not going to. I I will say I'm probably not going to be comfortable with this until the lockdown is over, like paying for advertising. Because once the lockdown's over, there's going to be a bunch of people going back to their offices, reopening up their businesses. Um, people that are going to be comfortable now allowing people in their home. And it, and it's going to be a giant bowl of like pest soup. <laughs> it's going to be like, like New York city is going to turn into, into a giant bowl of pest soup. It is, it is going, the phones are going to be ringing off the hook. You know, everyone is going to want to get their services back. There's going to be a lot of specials because things are going to be out of order with probably two months without service for the majority of our clients. So at that point, I would be comfortable turning the advertising back on uh, simply because I was already overstaffed to begin with. Sure. And um, I feel like if I uh, will be able to handle the rush of our, our current uh, customers coming back and um, any new customers that will be looking for service. Sure. One, so one in, one insight to that is we were getting into a point. Um, it's kind of one of those, it's almost like stock um, understanding the stock market. No one's ever a hundred percent right because that would be illegal. But right. you can kind of you can kind of see trends. Well, in the marketing world, um, Google Google AdWords. You know, fifteen years ago, ten years ago, it was very inexpensive to use it. Now the bids per click are much higher. Facebook yes. ad Facebook ads was trending that way, and LinkedIn is actually a viable source of um, of advertising. Well, what's happening is you know marketers kill everything. It's it's an unknown fact. They jump on everything and they run it in the ground and they run the cost up because everybody gets on board. Well, right. now, now like you, over half of the people who were using the platform have abandoned the platform. And, and for, for the right reason, no one was using it. So I think what you're going to see is when you start to wean back in there, what you were getting for 400, you're, you might even double because Google and Facebook have to make business. So they don't want to lose everybody. So they'll start lowering that that auction value or that cost per click down back to maybe right. prices that we saw two, four or five years ago. So that's a, that's good news for smaller operators. Hold some of that marketing budget back. If you were thinking about doing it and put it in maybe in a month, maybe in two months, whenever this is over a year, I don't know, but as soon as it's over, it's, you're going to probably get more return on your spend than if you try to, to shove it through right now because shoving it through right now is just going to tell Facebook ads or Google ads. Well, people are still paying for it. We don't need to lower our cost per click or you, you see where I'm coming with that, right? Yeah. Und undoubtedly. Yeah. They, we're, we're going to force Google into, um, you know, more competitive uh, pricing than usual uh, for them exactly. to be able to rebuild their, their customer base. And there's a, probably a strong chance that they're going to send anybody who used to use them and even new operators uh, incentives to use their service again. Hey, $500 free advertising, $1,000, $300, $400. So expect to see those things coming. 
what I would recommend is get on that platform once or twice a week, play around with some ads, but don't hit send. So Google sees you thinking about it and then backing right. out, it's going to trigger their algorithm to, to hopefully retarget you and say, Hey, come finish this ad. Hey, here's some incentives. Here's a coupon. Here's a whatever. Um, so don't, don't just abandon it and ignore it. Use it. Just don't hit send. Just don't apply it. And Google will slowly start to lower that cost per click. And then when you're ready to use it, you're in a better place. You're, you're being competitive with Google at that point. I, I agree. That's a very good point that you're making. Uh, you know, sometimes you just have to um, sort of strong arm uh, people or companies in order to get your way and, you know, whatever it takes, right? Sure. Absolutely. Um, now, we've got some questions from uh, Let's Talk Business Mobile users. Um, I'm just going to read the questions, fire them off to you and see what kind of advice you have for everybody. And uh, sure. hopefully, hopefully take things off the page and onto the, the podcast where people can kind of hear it in an audible format. Sometimes it's easier to digest. So, um, you know, going through here, uh, one of the big things that I'm seeing, this isn't a direct question. Um, I think someone asked it, let's see. Um, a couple of people were asking about sanitation services. They were talking about sanitation services. Um, they say that some uh, Mario Carbone said some companies that I know are staying afloat offering sanitizing services. Um, what are your thoughts on pest control companies, pet licensed pest control companies offering sanitizing services? Okay. Um, I, I'm against it. That, that, that's the, that's a simple response. And the reason why I'm against it is because um it, I, I almost feel like it's a cash grab. We're sort of forgetting where we come from. I understand desperate times call for desperate measures, but getting into uncharted territory, trying to provide a service that we've never provided before, just because we can, just because we have a license, just because we have access to these products, doesn't mean that we should be doing it. And why do I feel this way? There's several reasons. Number one, um, it, liability. I'm, I'm, I'm you know, when people are talking to me, they're talking they're talking to a person who has a business perspective. So I'm not I'm not just your average everyday, you know, owner, operator, technician, anything like that. Some guy that's desperate for business. Every every decision I make in my business is calculated for uh, risk versus benefit, right? Sure. So in this case, the the risk um, the risk outweighs the benefit. You know, it, it's it's clear as day. How? Um, Let's say you go into a client, whatever whatever type of service you're providing, and you they, they bring you in, they want you to sanitize for COVID-19. You tell them, um, we could do it, but it, there's no guarantees, and it's not for COVID, and this, that, and the other. It may work. It may not work. This is the price. I'm going to do it. And then you do it. You take their money. Uh, even though you had no confidence that you could get rid of that problem for them and you sort of preyed on their weakness. And in return, if they wind up getting COVID-19, they're, they're going to be very upset. There's going to be a couple of different things that might happen. One, they might ruin your reputation online. Two, they might contact um, an attorney. Three, they might contact your insurance company. So what, what any, any of these negative um, instances that could possibly happen can all be terribly damaging to the core of your business. And when I say the core of your business, we're in the pest control business, we're not in the sanitizing business. I do realize 
that there are some people in this industry that are perfectly qualified for it and some some companies in this industry that do provide it and for those people i'm okay with it but for the average joe schmo like like um anybody let's just take mario for instance who's interested in doing it mario mario is completely reliant upon core pest control customers for his business to run one lawsuit one one liability claim against him for disinfecting services can cause him to one lose his insurance two there might not be any other companies that want to pick him up and if they do pick him up it's going to be for an extraordinary rate because they're going to they're going to say that that he is a uh, high liability and i i have lost my insurance when i first opened up over a stupid claim really stupid claim i'm talking about a claim that cost them two thousand dollars they dumped me and i was lucky enough to get another one but this is this wouldn't be a stupid claim. This would be an extraordinary claim, like almost a claim like you knew better and you didn't make a good business decision. So why do we want to partner with you and offer you either uh, one liability service at all or two liability service at a uh, at a reasonable price? You know, we're, we're not going to do that. So anyway, um <laughs> Another thing that could happen is you could wind up with a lawsuit and let's say your insurance company decides not to go to bat for you because you didn't have, you didn't have a, the proper coverage for this. You could get sued for millions of dollars, whether they have it or not, and you could wind up going out of business. Now, you probably would be able to open up another business. I don't know the dynamics and how it would work, whether you would still have a hard time with insurance and whatnot. But I will tell you, it's going to be a major pain in the ass to have to reorganize everything under a new company and, and so on and so forth to tell all your customers, you know, all the effort and time you put in just to make a couple of bucks off a disinfecting service. I'm sorry, I don't agree with it for the average person. Um, I don't agree with it for our industry. It is something that we sh that, in my opinion, we should not be doing because I don't see any good that could come out of it. However, to each their own, I just urge you to contact your insurance company, find out if you even have the coverage. They might say you don't. They might say you're, that we will not cover you. They might say you need a completely different policy and a completely different company, and they might tell you to stay away from it. I'll be honest. There are services that we provide in this industry that, that my, my insurance broker told me to stay away from, like, tent fumigation he said don't don't subcontract it to anyone unless it's going to be your main business he's like because the claims will come in so with that good advice i decided when i when i um, expanded to california not to sub out uh, fumigation services for termites i didn't need an explanation other than the the, the risk outweighs the benefit so that, that's, that's the bottom line. That question, does the risk outweigh the benefit? In my opinion, the answer is no, but you have to make up your own mind and do your due diligence to determine if the risk outweighs the benefit for your, for your company. Sure. This week alone, I mean, great points, by the way. Um, Thanks. You know, there are, if, if you're out there and you've got a license for pest control, that doesn't give you a license to use products that you can get in pest control to offer sanitizing services. There are licenses specifically for sanitizing. You see them a lot in companies like PuraClean, Biohazard Cleanup, things like that. And 
a pest control company is not a biohazard clean. It, it, it just, it does the two don't correlate. Now there may be some home cleaners. There may be some uh, sanitation services that are offered out there. Like you said, I know people that do both, but um, you need to contact your state and local authorities. If they're even open, if they're even not furloughed and not working, because that's, that's a whole nother problem as well um, that we'll get into. But um, you know, be very careful. I contacted, uh, a couple product reps, the one that gave me probably the most pointed and, and per, pointed, pertinent advice was Morgan Trailer at Target. And, you know, I called them and I said, hey, you, do you have any insight to offer? We're going to be doing this podcast. These questions are going to come up. And he basically said, uh, my advice to anybody is if you're not licensed to do it now, don't rush to get licensed to do it. Don't try to capitalize on the business. People see right through that model. He said, do what your core, stick to what your core business is and do it well. Um, you know, and he said, not to mention, you might not even be able to get the product. Um, there's a lot right. of a lot of product on back order, a lot of products being sent to hospitals, a lot of products being used by other government entities, um, which leads us to the next question. Um, you know, Amanda Alexander literally in three words explains it all. Finding freaking PPE. Um, you know, your your companies are still you guys are still working or are they at home right now, Josh? Um, if, for the most part, um, everybody in New York is still working except for the trainee because we have concerns over him being able to socially distance from his trainer. Sure. Uh, but everyone else is out, um, anywhere between three and five days a week right now, uh, depending on the workload. Um, uh, I have a feeling that's going to change by next week. We might have one or two guys in the field every day. Um, so we'll see what happens, but, uh, regarding where to get PPE, um, alibaba.com if you if you have some some money you could order it um you know in bulk like if, if you're looking for respirators or gloves or whatever um they're based out of china so it does take time that's that's one place uh two uh target target has the ability to purchase anything um even if they don't have it you could uh, place an order with them, and as soon as it's available, they will get it for you. Their their reps are very good. Um, I deal with a lady named Cindy from their New Jersey branch, and I even contacted her the other day. I contact almost every day um, for different uh, PMPs that have no idea where to find anything. Mm-hmm. And I'm always asking her, do you have this, do you have that? So she, like one guy wasn't able to find uh, fogging machines because he wanted to do a disinfecting service. He goes, they're nowhere. So I contacted her. Do you have any? She goes, yeah, we have them in our North Carolina branch. We only have three left. Where do you want them to be sent? So I said, well, this person's going to be contacting you. So one place to find PPE is by asking in the group if anyone knows where to find PPE because somebody, everybody in the group knows something, mm-hmm. whether big or small. So ask the group. Um, Search online, see what's available. Most of the PPE that's on Amazon, um, Amazon has designated it uh, for for uh, medical facilities first. So you may not be able to get some from there immediately. Then um, I would say Google searches to see um, what's available, who's selling. Because as, um, as the manufacturing um, becomes more and more uh, for masks and what whatnot, um, and they start fulfilling these orders for the hospitals and the hospitals, you know, start to have less of a demand. They're going to start selling to the general public. So you kind of have to look up um, maybe um, home. home. You, you could just Google PPE, like what, whatever it is that you're looking for. If you're looking for something specific, you know, search the, um, the, uh, the, 
the model number on the internet, see what pops up. You never know what you're going to find. Uh, so it, it really, I, I would ask in the group, number one, um, I would, you know, that's probably the best bet, but Google searches and checking what local uh, distributors that sell gloves and uh, hardware stores and, and so on and so forth, they, those are probably all your best bets right now. Awesome. Yeah, um, definitely reach out because, you know, the group is – people spread out across the country, like just because other people are getting impacted differently. Supplies are different. You may be able to buy supplies from one state and not get it from your own. Um, for instance, target here, uh, when I called in to speak to them, they've, you know, they're, they're at the point where they're almost going to freeze orders for PP or for uh, masks because, you know, they get them from a wholesale distributor too. And right. you, you get, you get these companies, these distributors and these manufacturers, um, it, you might as well try to find a wholesale company to get your masks if you're trying to buy in bulk because you'll be waiting right alongside some of these distributors. So, you know, just ask around, obviously. You're, you're right on there. Um, and, and then obviously just make sure you're taking time to explain to your employees, you know, how to protect themselves. Would you go as far as creating a standard operating procedure? for this current thing and putting it in place and having the employees sign it? I, I don't think that's a bad idea. I, I haven't done it personally. Uh, what, I, what I did do is send out a memo to everybody um, when, uh, when we first started becoming worried, um, which was somewhere like the week after the NBA uh, announced that they were shutting down. Um, you know, one, one tech actually brought up to me, he's like, listen, uh, I'm not comfortable with everybody touching my stylus to sign my phone, you know, because that's how we do our paperwork, right? Sure. So I said, okay, that, that sparked, you know, uh, that sparked me to become proactive to, to put, um, you know, to put processes in place and policies that, that the technicians would follow and the customers would understand, so I, uh, I told them we're, we're no longer, um, until further notice, collecting signatures. Uh, we are going to be wearing our respirators in every job. We're going to be wearing our nitrile gloves in every job. We, um, we are willing to provide interior services because um, we do a lot of apartments. However, if anybody has been sick within the past two weeks, we're not going to do it. When somebody calls up and wants to schedule an appointment, if anybody has been sick in the past 30 days, we're not going to provide the service. We're going to wear booties. We're going to do whatever. We're going to do whatever we can to protect um, ourselves and to protect the, um, the, the customer. Now, obviously this isn't the, the absolute best form of protection, but in the time in a time of um, you know financial crisis and um, economic stability uh, for our infrastructure, essential workers like us um, have um, sort of a duty to be out there and to um, to keep everything going as best as we can without without putting ourselves um, uh, in an extraordinary amount of risk. So uh, so far so good. Uh, nobody. Um, has had any uh, lengthy illnesses or been guys that have been sick for a day. I don't know what that was, but you're talking about that was like, um, that was about three or four weeks ago. So we, I had two guys at the same time sick for one day. Probably is what they were bothered from, but nothing came out of it. They were at work two days later. Everything was fine. 
So um, would I recommend getting it in writing? I, I think that's a great idea. Anytime you have something in writing, it will help. The only thing is, if, if you're trying to prevent like a lawsuit against your company, if someone comes out with COVID-19, unfortunately, you're probably never going to be able to do that. Uh, workers' comp um, does cover all that. You know, so if they come down with it, they, they now have uh, rights where they could stay home and get paid. Or if they're not comfortable, they could stay home and get paid. They don't even have to be sick. So, um, you know, I, I guess um, if it serves as a deterrent, that might help you. Like, for instance, I have my people sign non-competes, even though I know they're not going to be held up in court. But if it lets them think that there's something in place and they don't steal my business, fine. So if it lets your employees think that, hey, um, oh, if I sign this, I, I understand the inherent risks and it's my problem. Let them think whatever they want to think. The bottom line is they have protection. They, um, you know, they, they have, they have little to worry about that they're going to get sick uh, based upon, you know, we've been out there for about three weeks and no real problems. And um, I, I would be comfortable in saying that, you know, we're probably doing as much as we could be doing right now. And, um, you know, keeping everyone happy as happy as possible. Plus I'm rotating them with days off and I'm sure they appreciate the break. Cause I, I think, I think more than the risk of um, getting the virus is um, the mental torture that they're going through wondering all day if everyone has COVID. You sure. Know? Sure. Now are yeah. you currently, and I'll, I'll define this for the listeners in case they've never heard these terms. Um, are you giving your employees true work right now? false work meaning true work meaning it's a normal day COVID doesn't exist you have x amount of people on your route false work means you've had cancellations you're pulling everything you can forward to fill their day at the expense of later uh b false um some some of them are true or true routes Um, a lot of them are not um and the reason why i'm doing that is because uh originally it was supposed to get worse around now Right. right And even though it's not good, it, it doesn't seem to be getting significantly worse. So my concern was if we don't start pulling things up, we're not going to be able to do anything this month. I pulled up pretty much as much as I can. So I'm done pulling things up. So the rest of it's going to be true work. And that's, you know, that's where we're going to wind up giving a lot more people days off, um, probably starting next week. Because as it works, um, we normally just send our, our clients a reminder the day before and just show up. But now for certain types of clients, like offices and restaurants and whatever, we don't even know if they're open or not. Like we know, we know they're open for business, but we don't know if somebody's in there doing work. We don't know what it is. So we, we call them and we're like, Hey, is somebody going to be there tomorrow? No, we're working from home. Okay. No problem. Or they'll say, you know what? Um, the doorman will let you in. Whatever, whatever, whatever it is. So we're, we're trying we're trying, but we're finding out every day that we're losing uh, several jobs and it completely uh, ruins the routes. And sometimes we're getting, um, you know, orders for one-time special services and they help fill up some of the gaps. And sometimes they don't. Like, for instance, uh, tomorrow I should have nine guys running routes. I think I have four. You know, and that um, that partially has to do with um, cancellations and me rescheduling certain things that didn't make sense. 
you know, let's say I had a job in lower Manhattan and literally we had one job left in Manhattan for tomorrow. And we have, we have routes going every single day there. We had one job left. So I made a decision not to send the guy out there for that one job, reschedule it for tomorrow when we have almost a f- one full route in Manhattan. And um, just wound up giving four or five guys a day off, you know, and uh, jam packed the, uh, the Brooklyn routes. So uh, I do recommend um, pulling up as much business as you can. Be very careful what you're pulling up. Some customers may or may not like it. We have, we have a grading system for our clients. A clients are our best, B are the average, and C are the ones that don't matter. The only ones that are pulling up are the C clients. Gotcha. And when I say don't matter, they're just not, they're not paying the going rates. They don't care what we do. You know, not that we want to provide them with shit service, but I just don't care where sure, we go. Sure, absolutely. All right, pivot a little bit. Um, Brian Meitler asks, what are some of the first expenses to cut or put on hold? Uh, the very first one I say it should be overtime. There, unless you're busy right now, which you're probably not, I don't think you need any unnecessary overtime. Overtime is at a much higher rate, and it could eat up, you know, it could, it could eat up your business especially considering you pay extra insurance rates on it. However, besides overtime, um, you need to be monitoring your, um, your paid advertising, not, not something that you're locked into a contract with, because with that, you really have no, you have no say. Um, however, uh, things like Google AdWords and whatnot, uh, whatever, whatever is more of like a pay-per-click or a month-by-month or something like that, I would pay attention to that. Um, the condensing of the routes, which we just spoke about is for me, it's cheaper to keep people home than to send them out for two or three jobs. You know, if I'm paying a guy say $25 an hour and it costs me roughly, he makes 200 bucks and with taxes and everything costs, cost me roughly $250 to keep him home for the day. It's a lot better for me to keep him home and pay him $250 than to have him out in the field and just significantly wasting gas and, tolls and this and that so now's the time where you can take advantage and you can condense the routes and um, considerably cut down on your cost of operating um otherwise um the, the that that's basically what comes off the top of my head i i would i would um i would slow down on um on unnecessary purchases meaning if the item is not essential for something that you need right now, don't buy it. Um, if people sometimes buy in bulk to save, and uh, I think um, inventory 101 would say that it's better to have the money in your pocket than in in your inventory. Sure. You know, especially especially at times like this. So I would slow down on uh, purchasing anything you don't need. Um, if you're an owner and you are not strapped for cash, I recommend um, temporarily taking yourself off payroll, not not canceling yourself, not going on unemployment, but taking yourself off payroll because that'll give you some extra cash flow. Um, it'll uh, it'll lessen the amount of taxes that you're going to have to pay right now. For instance, I took my wife and I off payroll, and our payroll is about seven thousand dollars a week less on, for mm-hmm. the total. Um, that includes all taxes and and pay and whatever. So I feel that, that, that could help, um, you know, that could help, um, save you some money in the short term. And then when this, uh, PPP comes in, hopefully it looks like it's coming in, but you never right. know. Right. Um, that, then what you could do is, um, 
you could retroactively pay yourself and, uh, you know, catch up with whatever you lost out on if you really need the money. And if you don't, you know, just, um, you, you know, just stay how you are. And, um, you know, if you just don't need the salary, don't take the salary. But, um, you know, just you just you, you kind of have to you kind of have to review, you know, all of your expenses and, and see what's necessary, and what's not. But the very first thing I cut out was um, the very first thing was uh, overtime. And the second thing was advertising. And the third thing was essential, um, essential purchases and then the condensing of the routes. I'm not I'm not sure what much more can be done. Um, but on the home front, for instance, if, uh, if you're working from home now and you don't need your car, you're not going anywhere, you know, maybe you want to, um, maybe you want to lower the, the insurance, you know, anything that could save in the meantime, um, you know, it's just really up to, uh, to the individual and what they're spending and how much they need and where they think they could, uh, really, uh, draw back on expenses. I, mean, I don't know if people have put the two and two together, but you cut six thousand in Google AdWords. Not that everyone is using six thousand in Google AdWords. Some more, some less. You've got six thousand ads, seven thousand in payroll. That's one hundred fifty thousand dollars a year potentially in savings of money going out the door that you can reallocate. So it adds up, right? You know. um, so, what would be one of the last expenses you would cut if you were just had to go down to the wire? I'm assuming it would be people, right? Yeah, um, I'm not. I that that's the exact last thing. As a matter of fact, when all this started happening, and I told I and you know everything was unclear, I was one of the first people for reality to set in in our industry because everyone told me I was crazy. But I sent out a letter to um, all of my people, and I said, um, I said that uh, you know times are about to get hard, and uh, cash flow is going to be hard. And I, I promise to pay you guys until I have no more money left to keep you on. And at that point, um, we're going to have to entertain the, the possibility of unemployment. This was before the PPP came out. This was before unemployment said there was going to be another $600 a week, all this, right. that, and the other, right? So, um, and the reason why I did this, and, and I also told them not to pay their rent, not to pay their utilities, only save all their money for food because we don't know what's going to happen. The reason why I did this is because I wanted them to start understanding the severity of what we're going through and not think that it was personal if I had to fire someone or couldn't afford to pay someone or whatever. Anyway, by me cutting back on all those expenses that I mentioned, it allowed, um, it allowed my uh, personal bank and my business bank to inflate with money because all of a sudden we're not spending, we're saving. I even started selling certain things that I don't, that are just laying around, put it right on eBay, whatever. So um, I do not want to get rid of anybody because once this is over and I have a feeling that for New York city, May 1st is probably a date that looks really good that they're going to start opening up businesses again, that I want to be able to have all these guys in place for the rush. So if I would have cut them off with the intent of not knowing when I could bring them back, I feel like that puts my business in jeopardy to, um, to lose these people who are probably going to go look for sure. another job. But now, yeah, now, um, thankfully, the PPP is in place. It's allowing us to continue to pay them and keep them so that when we're ready to reopen, um, 
you know, the economy for the most part, uh, everyone's going to be in place and we, we could start, we could start like business as usual, not behind the eight ball. So um, I guess the only, the only um, shocker that came to me is my new hire. Um, we decided to keep him at home because of social distancing from his trainer. So he's officially being homeschooled in the pest control industry. Gotcha. <laughs> my, uh, yeah, my son, who's the GM, he's in contact with him several times a day to go over whatever he's learning, whatever he's studying, making sure, because how can you trust a new hire at home <laughs> by himself, right? Right. But uh, I told my son, I was like, listen, dude, if this kid does not pass the test on the first time after studying for so damn long, you and I are going to have sure. a serious problem. But yeah. Uh, that would be the absolute last um, expense that I would cut or the employees. I, I cut myself off before I cut them off, you know, and, and a lot of people say, take care of yourself first, take care of yourself first. Listen, I have, as a business owner, you have many different ways to take care of yourself. You don't, you don't need that paycheck a hundred percent. You have credit cards, you know, you, you could take distributions when you need it. You don't need to be taking a regular paycheck. If I need, let's say, let's say I was strapped for cash and, and my mortgage came up and I needed $3,000, I just take $3,000 out of the business and write it to myself and I'm not paying taxes on that. It's called a distribution for those of you that don't know. It still counts. You still have to pay taxes on it later. You save a little bit on the FICA, uh, which is Social Security. But um, the good news is, is that temporarily it provides you with some financial relief because you're not paying tax on it. So that's something sure, to consider. Sure. I mean, desperate times. Obviously, call for desperate measures. So, what normally would apply? Give yourself a paycheck. Sometimes you got to throw that stuff out the window and and do what's best for your people. Um, well, a question that keeps coming up, and I think needs to be addressed. Uh, I'll attribute it to Ben Williams, but multiple people asked it. Ben says he's not normally for uh, he's normally not for lowering prices, but should he consider lowering prices for those that don't have the funds? Um, what's your thought on? lowering the price to the market to try to grab business right now? I think once you lower your rates, you're setting the standard that your service is not valuable and that you were charging too much to begin with. I don't, I, I, in my personal opinion, I don't think it's a good idea. However, it should be on a case by case basis. I do know, um, I do know some people from around the neighborhood that um, that they were having like work done in their house that they ordered before um, the crash, and it was like a forty thousand dollar kitchen job to say. So then they called up the contractor and said, "We can't do it." And the contractor goes, "I'll do it for twenty, you know." And then another person painting, it was seventy eight hundred. Oh, I'll do it for twenty four hundred. Mm. What kind of message does that send? That 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 sends you're desperate for business. You're your prices were super inflated to begin with. You don't know what you're doing. You know, you have no, you don't value your service. So why should they? And all that's going to do, in my opinion, is set the precedence for the long term that, you know, that, um, that people are going to be looking for better prices from you. Now I opened up in 2008, which was the, the, the recession that we had. And when I opened up, it was a little bit different for me. My overhead was very low, so I was able to be competitive, and that might be one of the reasons why I was able to grow so fast. But as my rates raised, we still have a very healthy business, but we haven't grown, you know, that exact way. So instead of, instead of lowering your prices, 
if you're really looking to lure people in, try a promotion. You know, um, I was speaking to Paul Bellow the other day, and he told me that um, one thing you could do is for the customers that that are regular customers, you could take a chance with them that that they've been your customer for so long. They're going through some things now. Instead of lowering the price, um, maybe tell them they have 90 days to pay you, mm-hmm. you know, something like that. But you're not lowering. You, the point is you're not lowering the price. You're working with them. And some people are okay with that. We have had some clients to say, oh, um, can you do the outside only and reduce the price? I'm sorry. The, the price is for the service call. You know, that's what we're doing. And they say, okay, no problem. You know, so, you know, I, I, I would not lower my prices at this point. I would definitely wait. Um, and, and I, I would, I would pay attention to how everything is, especially when the economy reopens and when the economy reopens, if you find yourself just, you know, everyone, everyone is telling you like 90% of your calls are telling you you're too expensive. Then you probably have to reanalyze at that time. But right now I, um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change anything, especially, uh, considering there are several companies out there struggling to um, get their jobs done. Like you're more important than ever to people that are actually looking for service. And, you know, I mean, look, look at a company like mine that's struggling right now for, you know, to find revenue wherever we can. If, if, if we just started to lower our prices and brought on a bunch of clients with low prices, it, it would be like it would be like we're just new in business all over again. And we're going to have sure. the same problems, you know. You know, when inflation goes up and that hey, we can't afford to service you anymore. This, that, and the other. It's just, it's just it, it it it's not it's not something that I would recommend if if you if you're a healthy business, you know, if if you plan on coming out full charge when this is over. If you don't want to get into these conversations in the future, well, you were able to do it then. Why don't we do it now? I say stick to your guns. The price is the price. I don't see anybody lowering their prices. What I do see is like restaurants giving their stuff away for free for certain people. That's a promotion. Yeah. That's a write-off, right? Yeah. But um, if you're gonna do if you're gonna do a promotion, and you're gonna take it out of your, you know, your marketing budget, for instance, because you're not paying for AdWords right now, and you know, there's somebody that really needs a service and you want to help them. That would be out of the kindness of your heart, but I wouldn't make a carte blanche across the board. I, I would say stick to your guns. Uh, people respect that, you know, and uh, if they don't respect it, you probably don't need them as your customer. I know under normal circumstances, I would say that with confidence, but now it's like, uh, you know, do, do I really not need people as my customer right now? Yeah. I would love to have people as my customer, but let let let's see how things go. Let's let's reanalyze it at the end of this month. Let's see how they are. Like when I called my um my uh, insurance broker and said, "Hey, we're obviously not going to hit our numbers this year." You know, so uh, that um that uh, prediction that I gave you of X amount of dollars, um, I want to revise that and lower my premium. He goes, I wouldn't suggest that immediately. Let's wait till the end of April and let's look at it again and see how bad things are. And there's, if there's significant impact, then uh, we'll, we'll uh, submit for a revision. And that, that, that goes across the board with what you're talking about. Let, let's see how it is, you know, at the end of April. Let's see, is it, is it terrible? It, did those checks that the government promised us never come? You know, there, there's so many variables that could pop into why prices change 
whether they, prices go down or prices go up. We haven't, um, our industry hasn't seen a price decrease in I don't know how long. The only things that, that seem to decrease in price are things like gasoline and such. You know, but uh, I, I would I would not make the change right now. That that that's sure. my best um, advice. You know, one thing you, you touched on it too. You know, obviously, provide a good service. Um, I was talking to someone in Florida. Now, let me preface this by saying, Florida, Louisiana, Texas, those are states that uh, are probably the worst on pests. Certain pests, especially general pest control, outdoor services. Right. Um, but what have we all wanted to do in the last 10, 15 years? Everyone's been wanting to go to an exterior service um, that can go longer periods, like quarterly, triennially. Um, that's That's been the goal is let's bill without going inside unless they need us inside. Free callbacks, but, but you know, longer, you know, exterior visits. Well, the southern states have this problem more than the northern states and the wet states, but um, – it can be applied up that scale. So targeting the lower states first and everybody just adjusts this information. Now's not the time. Just like, do I lower my price? I also had the question, Hey, we're using product X. This product, uh, this product Y is $20 cheaper per use that instead to get through this time. My response was absolutely not. You're at the point where you're almost, you're almost, too strapped to afford cheap things at this point. You need to use better for the customers you have to keep them longer. Um, you know, they, I was asked, what product do I use? Well, I, I'm not going to say what product or what, what series of products I would use, except mm -hmm. what I would say is if you're going to try to push people to an exterior service, um, what I would use is something that's um, like a micro cap or a poly coated product, because that's, Right now, we're going into April, which is wet season, then May, June, July, August, hot, hot months. If you try to go 90 days with like a Bifen product, it's not going to be there for 90 days. You're going to have callbacks at the end of that, especially in probably what's going to be a stressed time in your business trying to recover from this. So I would, I would up either if you're already using a high quality product, great. If you're not, upgrade the quality of product you're using because you're probably using it on less clients anyway, so you won't really feel the financial impact. Uh, but make sure that it's got the efficacy to be there and put the customer service standards in place to make your service the best it can be now. Um, so that when you come out of this, you're looking way better than the competition at that point. I, I totally agree. And I, I've been like this since I've been in the industry. I, I don't believe in using anything cheap because when you use the cheap stuff, it generally it generally means that it's ineffective or not as effective as the premium products that you could possibly use. And that um, causes uh, callbacks and callbacks cost money. And at that point, you're spending more money on callbacks than you're saving on the price. So the risk versus the, the risk outweighs the benefit, you know, so stick, stick to the more the more uh, premium products, um, you know, if you want to discuss, um, you know, amongst premium products, what's best for you, there's always people um, like, like uh, reps or fellow uh, industry peers to talk about, talk about it with, uh, but uh, the cheap route will never save you any money. It, Absolutely. it, it just doesn't work. I mean, I, I, there's no other thing to say to that. Um, uh, like I said, I'm a big fan of Target. I know everybody else has their own personal things. I'd say call a Target rep. That's usually what I always tell people. But call your reps. Talk to them. They're extremely busy right now, to be honest. But they will take time to call you back. They will handle your calls. They will 
you know, they will guide you in the right direction. They're not going to guide you in a product that's going to cost you clients at that point. So, um, yeah, great advice. Um, solid, solid advice. Um, one question uh, Brett Stevenson had was um, how, uh, you know, a constant thing in business is reinvesting in your business, reinvesting your profits back into the business to grow. Is that something that, that needs to be put on hold right now? Is that something, would you continue to reinvest in your business during this time? And if not, when it's over, how would you first go about reinvesting in your business again? Well, right now, the way the way I'm personally reinvesting in my business is making sure that my employees are able to be paid and retained. So that that's that that goes without saying that that's your number one investment right. as your employee, right? Um, other than other than that, um, I'm not taking any payroll. I haven't taken any payroll for three weeks. I haven't taken any money from the business in three weeks. Um, so with that said, I've cut down on advertising. We're, we're at $0 right now for advertising. So I'm not investing in advertising. So it depends, it depends, um, it depends exactly what you mean by investing back into your business. Cause there's, there's several different ways to invest back into your business. You know, if, if the, if the investment is going to be a losing proposition, I say cut back on it. Like, like for us, it was the Google AdWords. But if the investment is going to be the gift that keeps on giving, like your employees, hell yeah, continue to invest, you know, back into your business. Now, we, most of the, most of the companies in the country are not affected right now. For those that are, it's probably a temporary setback, maybe about two months worth of temporary setback. So, um, you know, under normal circumstances, this would drain the life out of our business now. If if these uh, if these government uh, loans uh, and stimulus checks and everything come in, that's going to help keep everyone afloat. That's going to that's going to help make everything feel normal. Not that it is normal, but it's going to help everything feel normal because we're not going to. Most of us are not going to feel the financial, um, you know, stress just yet. You know, even though our business has been falling out, we're still getting an income because people owe us money. You know, so we 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 haven't felt the ultimate stress of it yet, but that's to come. Probably by the end of this month, we're going to start feeling that. But as long as this uh, PPE PPP comes in, any other any other stimulus that we applied for, that should probably level that out, and that will give us a head start coming out when when we are up and running to be able to be creative <clears throat> with. Um, with whatever we do have to invest back into our business. So probably as soon as these lockdowns are over, I'm going to be reinvesting immediately back into advertising. Mm-hmm. You know, um, what else can I do? I, I, I don't really know for my business right now what, what I could possibly reinvest in besides advertising and employees. <clears throat> Cause we're pretty, we're pretty heavy. Uh, I heavily invest in all aspects of my business, you know, like we're very we're very big on the brand. We're very big on on premium products and company vehicles and you know the nice um, wraps and the best um, the best equipment and what, whatever we could do um, to make our customers and our employees happy and of course uh, a profit for sure. uh, yours truly. So it, it, it's really a case by case situation. You know, I, I don't I don't know what more I can invest in right now. I mean, we we're invested in the education that hasn't stopped anybody that needs their credits or, or licensing that that's an essential can't operate without them. So it, it really um, 
if Brett wants a better answer, he needs to give me some, for instance, sure. something specific. Um, you mentioned PPP. Yeah. Got a, got a question offline. Yeah. Didn't want to put it out there because they didn't want this question to make them feel like um, that they were trying to take advantage of the government or take advantage of a bad situation. I think it's a great question, honestly, and I think it's a great mm -hmm. idea. But their thing was, if I can afford my payroll right now, I'm not being impacted. Um, I don't foresee that I will be impacted anytime soon. Should I still rush to apply for PPEP or should I wait? Obviously, my, my short-term response was, you need to apply. Um, because even if you use that payroll protection um, on your employees, you can use the money you would have paid, paid payroll to pay off debt or reallocate to other areas or put towards the end of it to keep your employees out, out longer. Um, obviously, you've, you run a much bigger business um, in the industry that she asked for, which is pest control. So um, should they apply for PPE even if they don't need it right now? And what should they do with those funds? I mean, obviously, you have 75% of the funds on payroll, but what should they do with the funds they would have played, paid payroll with? Okay, number one, I think everyone should absolutely apply for it because there's no guarantee that you're going to get it and you have no idea if you're going to need it. That's number one. Number two, um, you mentioned uh, this is going to be the biggest redistribution of wealth in our lifetime, and it's true. Might as well take advantage of whatever you can while it's available because this could give us a running start coming out of this lockdown to be able to go out and to be able to put that money to use to grow our business. Even if it's not forgiven, it's only 1% interest rate, actually less. It's like 0.98 for 24 months. So you can really play around with this money. If your business has debt and you're paying like, um, say, 7, 8, 10%, whatever it is, like you have these uh, vehicles out there you want to pay off and you want to pay a lower interest rate, you can use it for that. You can use it for whatever. So don't look at this as welfare. If the government forgives it because you're using it the right way, that's one thing. But if, if you don't really need it, and you can't make use of it, at least you could have the opportunity to have an unsecured loan, something that will help your business build credit if, um, if you did well. It'll give you history with the SBA because the SBA um, generally backs um, the majority of loans to businesses. So um, I, I, I would say, number one, um, it is first come, first serve. It is limited to what they have. There are plenty of companies that probably need it that haven't applied for it or don't know how to apply for it. Then there's people out there that have pride. I call it full sense of pride because there's nothing to be ashamed of. We all pay business taxes. As a matter of fact, what a lot of people don't know is the business taxes we paid in, say, 2018 or 2019, if, um, if there was to be a loss in my business this year, I could reclaim that money that I paid to tax to, to compensate for where I was. So... These are like four savings accounts that they don't talk about. So you, we're all taxpayers. We all pay an extraordinary amount of tax. Take If they're willing to give you the money, take the money. If they want it back, pay it back. If they forgive it, they forgive it. Make good use of it. This is like a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for some companies to try and get ahead. You know, maybe maybe you wanted to add on another couple of trucks and another couple of techs, you know, Maybe you wanted to get a dog for your business. Maybe you wanted a termite rig. Maybe you wanted a heat, whatever. Maybe you want to expand your business. You know, even if you, even if it's not forgiven, this is an opportunity for you to get some money to, to make your 
business grow. And with, when your business grows, your profits grow. And this could be a blessing that you've been praying for. So I, I say absolutely 100%, whether you need it or yeah, not, and you, you should mentioned be applying that for it. was a different conversation we had. So somebody might have heard the redistribution of wealth, obviously been used in political facets. That's not what we're talking about. You know, my, my sentiment was this is the time, um, probably started about six months ago, but this, this event is the biggest redistribution of wealth that, that we're going to see in this country. And that what I mean is during our lifetime, what I mean is businesses that don't know how to adjust to this are going to crumble, which, which translates to personal finances are going to crumble. People that may be in middle class are going to become lower class. Some lower class are going to become middle class. It's going to be a big turnover and it, it really is going to, it's going to, it's going to be around the people that can recover from this and pivot and adapt and audible fastest. So uh, that coupled with PPP is they're giving you money to use in your business. Use it for what they tell you to give it for and then take the money you would use and reallocate that, save that, whatever. Um, you know, I'm telling companies to shed right now. I think it's a – everybody's scared. But, but I would tell everybody this is probably the best – thing that could ever happen to your business because it's forcing you to do all those things you wanted to do to strip down, run at its core, have an efficient machine, cut all costs that aren't necessary. You don't have a choice now. So shed everything down. Maybe you're doing six services, right? And maybe one of those is, um, I don't know, uh, gutter work. You're putting in drainage away from the houses to better the termite service, right? Because you're licensed for it. But you only you keep you keep one person on staff right. as a float tech, and you have all this equipment, and you maybe do did twenty thousand in it last year versus two hundred thousand in pest control. It might be time to say goodbye to that service and shed down to what your core services are, and reallocate that employee somewhere else. And because obviously you, you, at that point, if you're only making twenty thousand dollars on a service and you got somebody in equipment, you're you're borrowing from Peter one service to pay Paul another service we all could stay home for free. So make, make sure you're looking at your business from right. the top down and then from the bottom up and just do it over and over and over. How can I cut? How can I shed? How can I grow in certain areas that need to grow? How is this? How can I utilize this money in a creative way to make my business advance? How can I, how can I take this money that's being afforded to me? How can I take this business that's going to be, because when, when we all come out of this, not every pest control company is still going to be open. Some are going to close. Some are going to close down. Your competition right. is going to shrink, but the demand is going to increase because some people are canceling their services. What if they go six months without pest control? Imagine a world where fifty percent of people that used to use it for six months, and there's half your competition. What are you going to do? You know, start projecting in the next three months, six months, nine months, year. What are you going to do to strike? It's it's like a gold rush. I mean, it's literally a gold rush. It's there to be mined. All you got to do is chink away at the ground and get it. Um, if you're not sitting here in your house thinking about ways to improve your business long term, thinking about how you're going to capitalize on that, Josh said, cut advertising. I agree. I would cut paid advertising like Google AdWords down, strip it down, or cut it out. Keep your website up, obviously. Pay your hosting. Keep your Google local up. Keep your presence up. Still make posts, still do everything you do on whatever scale your business does. You know, still put out content, still make yourself relevant, but don't try to take advantage of a situation. Obviously, don't, you know, don't rush to say, you know, is COVID affecting you? You know, don't let, you know, 
rats overrun your house. People look right through that, right? I mean, I'm not wrong in that, Josh. People see right through that stuff. But right. make yourself relevant. Be human to the people. Put out content on your the social media channels you choose to put out content to. You know best in your area what works and what doesn't. If you don't, reach out to somebody, obviously. You know, cut expenses and, and things are, are much better. And, and if you can come out of this better and bounce back, and, and your employees are going to look at you like you are a hero if you keep them staffed long after all their friends have been laid off or furloughed. It's a job where they will do they will work much harder for you coming out of this than they did going into it. That's just human nature. I, I totally agree. As a matter of fact, I put out a, a, an email to my uh, people the other day thanking them for keeping the company afloat and, you know, you know, ask them to stay safe or whatever. And um, one guy replied, it goes without saying that without you, um, you know, there wouldn't be no company. So thank you too. Thank you for keeping us all employed and thank you for caring, you know, and, and that, that made me feel good. Cause you know, like I, I, nobody usually gives me sure. any praise. So it felt good to Alexander. She says, I'm wondering how I can thank my text when this is all over. Maybe not even when it's all over, just, just finding ways to thank them. And, and that, you know, obviously we always talk every year about Christmas bonuses and, and end of year bonuses and things like that, which isn't really on our mind right now, but, but, you know, going through some mm -hmm. of the stuff I went through in training, crisis intervention techniques, hostage negotiation training, all that stuff that I went through, they teach you that cortisol makes human beings very dumb, right? So everyone right now is stressed. Everyone, employees and employers alike are all stressed. Their body's being bathed in cortisol. It's making us very dumb at decision-making. But gratitude this chemical your body makes called DHEA. It's a long word. I'm not going to say it. And what it does is that's the antidote to cortisol. So it neutralizes cortisol and it makes you very gratitude releases it basically. So if we can express gratitude and what you said, you said it made me feel great. It was almost like a rush. Like your employee tells you we, we wouldn't do this without you. Right. You know, you don't, don't know. Do I feel guilty for being happy that he said that it doesn't matter. Your body just feels good. So if you can, express gratitude to your employees in a stressful time and then their body physiologically the science of their body makes them have lower levels of cortisol lower levels of stress makes them feel happier makes them feel make smarter decisions at home they're going to look at you in a different light so you know amanda saying what are ways that she can thank her text when the sauce all over i don't know exactly i couldn't pinpoint that i would do anything i could for them because they're literally the lifeblood of the company but I think just asking the question how she can thank her employees tells me that her company is in a much better place than others because she's even thinking about it. Yeah, I mean, uh, the the main way I always thank my employees, so, so I'm an employee person. You know, I I my philosophy is I want to take care of my employees the way I always wanted to be taken care of as an employee but never received that type of, of caring from any of my employers, not one. Okay, I had one that was okay, but he, he even turned south. So I um, I think one of my main things that I give to him, I always give him a 40-hour guarantee. That's my right. thanks for him being available when I need them, right? And the 40-hour guarantee has never been more important than it is right now. Okay, any any one of my guys that has taken that for granted over the years, and I know a lot of them appreciate it. Some of them probably don't care whatsoever. But now when they're working, I don't know, 20 hours a week, 
have a few days off, whatever it is that they're doing, and they're still getting paid for 40, that that makes them feel good. The fact that they still have a job makes them feel good. And I'm not saying that's where it should end. I'm only saying that right now is not a time for overtime. It's not a time for bonuses because the future is unclear. But when this is all over and you regroup, you know, depending what type of situation you're in, you know, money talks, people like money, you know, maybe a gift, maybe whatever, whatever it is that, that you feel that you could do for them. And I'm always like that. So it's like, I don't, I don't really know necessarily what I could do for them. But um, right now is um, the one thing I'm doing for them is I'm I'm going without pay so that I can keep them employed, you know. And 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 I had a couple of people respond to that email the other day, me thanking them, and uh, two or three sure. of them said, "I'm just sure. so happy that I still have a job," you know, because because there's plenty of people without jobs. So that that right there is, you know, my gratitude to them. Like you, you are committed to my company. I'm committed to you. I'm I'm going down with the ship and. There's a lot of people that that don't agree with me on that theory, but honestly, I don't care. You know, if I if I cared right. about what other people think, I would be other people, right? And yeah, I I've always I've always had a different perspective on how employees should be treated. And I, although although I'm the owner, although I'm the highest paid, I sure. I honestly don't feel I'm any more special than them. And I I I always try to treat them with the dignity that, that they deserve um, and respect that they deserve until they give me a reason not to, you know, and, and that, that right there isn't what I like to do. It's just sometimes that's what comes out. Yeah. But um, what can you do for them when this is all over? <laughs> Ask me a question when it's all over, because uh, that's all going to de- be depending on the health of the economy and, and our businesses and so on and so forth. I, I really truly believe that things are going to start to get a lot better in about uh, right around May 1st. I really believe that. I believe by that point, a lot of people are going to say, listen, I, we just got to go do what we got to do. We got to get back to work. We got to, you know, we got to keep moving. If people get sick, we'll deal with it. The bulk of it's over. It's fine. You know, um, so things are, things are going to pick up a lot faster for at least our industry than others. But, um, it, the the future in general is so unclear for the entire country. So I don't I don't know what to say. What you should do for your employees when this is all yeah, over? Um, I would say ask me that. Definitely, definitely. Uh, a couple key things to to throw in there that weren't necessarily questions, but were brought up. Don't be afraid when it comes down to the wire to let your people go on unemployment. Most accountants are saying right now. Whether or not your people go on unemployment, your unemployment insurance rates are going to go up. Everyone in unemployment insurance, unemployment insurance rates are going to go up, whether or not they use it. It's just, it's going to be what has to happen because of so many people that are going to be flooding unemployment. So when it comes time to let your people actually, if it comes down to that point, if, if Josh is wrong and the economy goes worse or longer and people have to get unemployment, don't be afraid. Don't be too prideful to do that. Don't, need to, don't hold on until your, your business is gone. Let some of those people go on unemployment because your rates are going to go up anyways. It's just, it's just how it's going to happen. Right. I, I'm, I'm not concerned about people going on unemployment. I've had a couple of people come to me and say, hey, I'm a little concerned about being out there. Do you know what's going on? I said, listen, you know, I know as much as you know. And, you know, we're, we're allowed to work. If you're not comfortable working – and you want to go on unemployment and come back when this is all over, I am totally okay with that. And they're like, no, I don't want to go on unemployment. Fine. 
So, I mean, at this point, I don't care about unemployment. I don't care about the rates. The rates could only go so high anyway. I don't, I don't know what the, max, what the max rate is. But, you know, unemployment is something that, that uh, everybody, um, every employee at least pays into. And it's something that they deserve. And it's theirs rightfully. So, you know what? If, um, if you have to go on unemployment, go on unemployment. You know, me personally, um, I don't think my business is going to sink. You know, I know I said that I, w- I would, um, you know, if we run out of money, everyone's going to have to go on unemployment. I don't think we're going to get to that point. Honestly, I don't. You know, but um, hopefully uh, this is all going to be avoided through these uh, PPPs. They're doing the round one, which should be here anytime soon, hopefully. And it looks like they're already working on round two. So uh, apparently the government thinks this is going on longer than I think, and uh, we'll see what happens. But unemployment right now is pretty good. Um, they're giving you up to an additional $600 in maximum, um, maximum uh, benefit. And, uh, you know, for most of my guys, um, if the max benefit right now is five and it winds up being 11, <laughs> I would want right. to be on unemployment yeah. <laughs> if I was them, you know. So, yeah, don't, don't be ashamed of unemployment. Do what you got to do, um, you know, especially now. Because, like, when, a few weeks ago when, when that extra $600 wasn't even talked about, that was a little hard to talk about unemployment. But now it's like, all right. If if you could have an extra six hundred up to an extra six hundred dollars and you were making say a thousand dollars a week and you're gonna get a thousand dollars a week, right? So yeah, unemployment. Yeah, I mean, a lot of what we've talked about again. I'll reiterate. You know, Josh is in California. He operates in New York. I'm in North Florida. We have people that ask questions all over the country. Geographically, some of this stuff may or may not apply to you. Most of it will, but some of it may not. So contact you know, local governing bodies, local insurance, local accountants, local you know, uh, state regulatory agencies for any real answers. But one thing Paul said in the thread when you asked for questions that was very applicable, he said two things, limited resources, multiple needs. That applies to everybody. Right now, everybody needs to look at everything. that You have a limited resource until this thing is over, and you will always have multiple needs. So making sure that you are um, – allocating your limited resources appropriately, like Josh was saying, keeping taking care of your people. Don't let them go too early. Let them know they, they're, you know, the, the, the hub of your business. Um, if you do that, you win, man. I mean, I, you know, it's just, if you go out of business, you go out of business, nothing you can do about it, but fight till the end, you know? Well, we, we hit a lot of these questions and we're over the hour mark. I'm sure there's going to be more questions. I'm sure we're going to be doing a few more of these. So, um, if anybody's listening and you have questions, feel free to ask. We'll put more of these together. Um, you know, especially as things are getting, as things are going to come out of this, and um, you know, it's going to be a new world. I, I don't think that the world is ever going to be the same. It won't be drastically different, but it won't be what it was before this happened. Everything, people staying at home, people being afraid of each other, that all is going to wear off. But some, it, it's world. So be prepared to start adjusting to that. If you have questions or you're concerned, don't live in a worry. Ask somebody. Pain shared is pain divided. Um, nobody should be sitting home depressed and stressed to the point where it starts to affect their health. Um, this group is, a, you know, Let's Talk Business Bowl was a great group to talk in. Josh will take time to ask or answer anything from anybody at really no profit to himself. He does it because he cares. So that's one of the reasons we want to interview Josh on this. Um, we get the get the advice from the guy who 
who we all look up to, I think, most of us. Um, so thank you, Josh, for coming on. Great advice across the board. Um, is there anything else you, you want to say before we close it out? Um, yeah, actually, uh, number one, thank you for those kind words. Number two, um, like you said, it's, it, it is a new world and people might be feeling down in the dumps. And, uh, I'm sure a lot of people are, I happen to, I happen to be a very strong person mentally and I'm doing my best to, uh, stay. I usually think towards the future and part of me is still thinking towards the future, but a lot of me is, is thinking in the present to prevent my mind from going to the future. So what, what I'm trying to say is I, I'm preventing myself from having a mental breakdown and everyone else should try the same. And if you get to that point where you feel you're having it, reach out to anybody for help to talk for whatever. Um, there, there's plenty of, um, you know, uh, verbal therapy and different medications that can help and whatever. Don't make any, don't make any impulsive decisions. There is definitely somebody here to help. Life is not that bad, although it seems as bad. It, you know, right now the main thing is that we're stuck indoors and we have a little <laughs> less money. Other than that, nothing else has changed. So just keep your keep your head up. Um, think positive as best as possible. If if you need help, you have any questions, always reach out. I'm available. James available. Paul, Pete, everybody's available. Okay, um, anybody's available. Like anybody you may need there. There are crisis hotlines, whatever it is, um, you know, whether it has to do with personal needs or business needs or whatever, everyone's willing to help. So I, I hope you embrace that and, and cash in on it whenever you need it. And uh, we'll all come out of this together. So what, ke what keeps me most comfortable knowing now is, is that I'm not, I'm not a victim. I am in this with everybody else in the entire world, We're all in the same boat, no matter what, how much money we have or, or whatnot. We're all in the same exact boat and we're all going to come out of this together. So just keep your head in there and hang. Real quick, Josh, before we go rapid, just one question. Don't think about it. Just answer it. What's the number one thing you do to relieve stress right now, sitting at home with your kids and your wife and everything you're doing right now? <laughs> What's the number one thing? Um, put on headphones and blast music. Um, again, appreciate you coming on. Great, uh, great way to close it out. If anybody has any questions, feel free to reach out, and uh, we'll talk to you all soon. All right. Thanks, James. You too.